The epistle reading is from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. We speak together, enough for me that Jesus saves. This ends my fear and doubt. A sinful soul I come to him. He will not cast me out. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. So Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A mighty fortress is our God. How grateful we are that we can be together on this Reformation weekend and to celebrate not Martin Luther, even though, you know, you might question that. We've talked a lot about him this last year. We don't venerate Martin Luther. We don't venerate the signs or the symbols of the Reformation, but the truth of the Reformation, that we're saved by grace through faith as found in God's Word. You know, that really kind of hit home to me when I grew up by watching the 1953 Martin Luther film, Black and White. Any of you ever seen it, the 1953 Black? Okay, not many of you. Well, I grew up with it, and so when I started teaching school at a, at a parochial school that was a long time ago, uh, I said, those kids need to watch that Black and White, reel-to-reel, Bell and Howell projector, right? 
1953 movie on Martin Luther. And so I brought it into the classroom and uh, showed it. And it's over two hours long, so it takes several days. And uh, by that time, kids were, were used to color, okay, instead of black and white. And uh, they might have found it boring. But right at a, a crescendo happens in the movie where Martin Luther is brought before the Roman Emperor Charles V, a representative Cardinal Cajetan of the Pope, and he's asked to recant, to take back all of his writings, all that he talked about with the gospel and the Bible and the truth. And that's when he stood up at the end of the Diet of Worms and he said, it is against my conscience and against the very word of God and I will not and I cannot recount so help me God, here I stand. And about that time on the projector, there was a fire that happened on the screen. And uh, everyone held their breath and then looked back at the, uh, at the projector and actually there was a fire, okay? <laughs> the film had burned up, okay? Uh, literally, the Reformation, what happened 500 years ago acted as a firestorm in all of history. And if you study history, you know that the Reformation had so many implications, not only theological for us in the church, but sociological. Uh, it was the beginning of nationalism in, in places like Germany. The effects of the Reformation are still being considered today. Well, as we think about the Reformation, we want to go back and recall some of the history for sure, but we also want to talk about the how and the why, okay? How can I be right with God and why as a result? Why, why am I right with God? What does God have for me in my life? And so uh, we're going to be, bear with me as we kind of go through some of this stuff. Um, the, the 95 theses uh, that were nailed to the church door have traditionally been kind of the time of the Reformation, October the 31st, 1517. This is a pic picture of the, of the Schlosskirche, or the castle church there in Wittenberg where Luther nailed the 95 Theses. And because of the power of the printing press, this was after Gutenberg, and the power of the pen, those theses were all over Europe within a matter of days. And so it was like, again, a firestorm had happened across Europe. Martin Luther uh, was not the only reformer. We have to remember that. There were others with similar ideas that tried to get people back to the Bible and back to Jesus. Uh, there were people like Jan Hus. Jan Hus, this is a, a statue of him in Prague where he was burned at the stake. There was John Wycliffe in England. Uh, there were others, uh, uh, Erasmus and others who came before him. But Luther was the most successful because it happened at just the right place, at just the right time, and that firestorm of the Reformation took place. The Reformation took place, though, because of a transformation that happened. And oftentimes, that's what happens in significant things in history, events. It starts with the transformation inside of a person. And that transformation began with Luther when he was a monk studying uh, in Erfurt at the Augustinian Monastery. And he had decided become, to become a, a priest. Uh, 
there's many legends about that as a result of a lightning storm and so forth against his father's wishes who wanted to become a lawyer. But Martin Luther went through the, the, the rigors of the priesthood and one of the things that troubled him so much was this whole idea that God, how could God love me? There was something about him that he knew was wrong. And so he went to confession time and time again, every day, for hours upon hours. And in order to appease God, he did all sorts of strange things. He whipped himself, beat himself. He laid out in the snow naked. All of this he thought would make him right before God. His confessor at that time was a man by the, by, uh, name, with the name of Johann von Staupitz. Von Staupitz, good-looking guy, don't you think? That's a picture, of course. They, they had paintings back then. And uh, von Staupitz uh, was his confessor. And von Staupitz tried to lead Luther back to a God who loved him. But Luther couldn't see it. And all he could see was the wrath of God. And finally, when this new university started up in a town called Wittenberg, von Staupitz, who was the biblical professor, resigned his post and said, Martin Luther, you're going to be the Bible teacher. Because in the back of his mind, von Staupitz knew that if Luther was just led to the truth of Scripture, that this burden that, uh, of his guilt would be lifted from him and he would be led to the cross of Christ. And sure enough, that's what happened. And he was led to, to lecture in, in, uh, in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but specifically, it was from this Romans text that we heard in our epistle lesson today, that righteousness from God comes through faith to all who believe in Jesus Christ. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. And, and Luther calls it his tower experience. All of a sudden, this burden was lifted from him, and the joy of the gospel came shining through. And he realized that God loved him, that God forgave him, that Jesus did what he couldn't do. He atoned for all of his sins and that all he had to do was hold on to that truth by faith. And where did it all come from? Not from a pope, not from counsel, not from history. It came directly from God through his revealed word. Foundational biblical truth was, was restored. Do you think this made the religious establishment happy? No, no way. In fact, uh, he was excommunicated. Uh, the papal bull called Exerge Domini was pronounced, and Luther was declared a heretic. There was a price put on his head. He was an outlaw. And yet through it all, God worked this miracle. And the truth of the gospel came shining through, not only for his generation, but for generations even to today that we are saved by grace through faith as found in the scriptures. Well, that leads us then to the how and the why of the Reformation. You know, at the heart of the Reformation is this question of how can I know that I am saved? How can you know that you're right with God? This is critical. Since this time, it's not just Lutherans, but many Christians, almost all... You think about all the different Christian groups and the different traditions as a result of the Reformation have been led back to the Bible and this truth of God and his saving grace. I, 
I had an experience last week. We were, my wife and I were on a walk, and my neighbor is a devout Roman Catholic. And we saw him uh, on, the, on his porch, and he came running out there, and he said, Luther, I just have to tell you something. And I said, yeah, what is it? He says, I want to show you the publication that came from our church. Uh, it was called The Catholic Moment, and it was dated October 15th, 2017. And there was, a, there was an article there about how the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, was influenced by what happened in the Reformation. And in this article, it says, the great achievement, it says, in this meeting with Lutherans and Catholics, is a joint understanding that we are justified or saved by our faith through God's grace. And he was so excited. And I says, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> he says, really? I said, yeah. <laughs> And it's just amazing how the Reformation just continues to have such an impact in answering the how, how I can know that I'm right with God. How? You know, it's not just the how, how we are saved, but it's where it comes from, and that is God's Word, and that's what makes it the truth. Time and time again, we are led back to Jesus and His Word. The word that reminds us that all have sinned, yes, we do not deny sin, that all have sinned, and as a result, we have fallen short of the grace of God. And yet, in spite of our sins, what did God do? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, shall not perish, but be saved, have everlasting life. And that, as we heard in our gospel lesson, if you continue in my word, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's the how of the Reformation. And you know, we Lutherans traditionally have been very good about answering the how. But there's also the why that we need to consider. Yes, we are saved. That is a foundational truth. But why? Does the transformational gospel that started in the heart of Martin Luther and that has grown through the centuries, does it have an effect on us or not? Does God really have a purpose for you and for me? And rather than our response to being saved resulting in a vague passiveness, God has an active purpose for you and for me. And it's not just to sit back and run out the clock. Do I have any football fans here? Do I have any Green Bay Packer fans here? <laughs> a few of you. If you've ever lived in Wisconsin, you can't help but get caught up in the Green Bay Packers. It was uh, several weeks ago that Green Bay played the Dallas Cowboys. Do you remember that game? And the Cowboys were ahead 21 to 6. And uh, my, uh, my relatives up in Wisconsin, you know, they're just sweating, okay? They're just really upset. But the, the Cowboys did something that they should never have done. They went into a prevent defense. You know what I'm talking about. The, 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 uh, the safeties and the uh, cornerbacks, they, they play way off the ball. They, 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 they're just hoping that you won't have any big plays. But as a result of, of trying to play prevent and running out the clock, this happens so many times in football, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just went right down the field. Time and time again, they ended up winning the game 35 to 31, all because they went into this passive prevent kind of defense. 
to run out the clock. Friends, you are a baptized child of God. God has nourished you in your heart and in your life. We get to receive Jesus again in the sacrament of Holy Communion today. And it's not so that you can play prevent defense. It's not so that you can run out the clock until God calls you to your heavenly home. Why has God saved you? He has saved you for a purpose. The same purpose that, that Jesus had, to seek and to save the lost, to make disciples of all nations, so that I may be his own and serve him in everlasting righteousness and innocence and blessedness, Martin Luther says. God has, sir, made you for a purpose. And so it's not just the how, but it's the why. In the same book of Romans, we read, Therefore, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. We offer ourselves to God as we live for him and as we serve other people. Offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. We are instruments of his righteousness so that he can use us as his tools to do something right, to serve him and others. The Reformation, in the end, is all about transformation. It started, yes, in the heart of one Martin Luther and some of the other Reformers, and through the centuries, that transformation has continued to, to happen as the truth of the Scriptures continues to get into our hearts and used by the Holy Spirit to lead us to a God who loves us and to understand that it's not what we do, but it's what God has done for us. It's all God and His grace, and we simply accept it and hold it by the hands of faith that even God has given to us, not by my own reason or strength. Well, the firestorm continues. That same Reformation continues to make an impact. That we are given the faith to live, to understand the how. How I am right with God by grace through faith. But then also to respond with the why. That God has a purpose for us to live and to serve him. And so, happy Reformation. Let's stand. Let's just wish that to one another. Can you do that blessed, happy Reformation to those who are around you? <laughs> happy Reformation to you.